I'm Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. In today's broadcast, we get into the Canadian truckers who are winning over anti-authoritarians around the world. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, is trying to change the subject to, you guessed it, the Ukraine-Russian border. He's pulled the big Joey Biden, and it seems to be working worse in the Great White North than it is here in the United States. I also discuss how California failed yesterday to pass universal health care, and I explain why this means it's official that the universal health care is really a hoax, and the socialists have all gotten rolled by the Democrat Party establishment. There's just simply no reason California can't pass it. Uh, they should have the money, they have a surplus, and they have a supermajority Democrat Congress, and they still can't agree on it. Why? Well, I explain in the opening. Uh, meanwhile, Gavin Newsom, the governor there, is focused on closing death row, even though California doesn't even do executions anymore, and children are masked while he and Garcetti and celebrity class go around the uh, NFL games with that mass on. Uh, what is going on in the Golden State? Uh, it is totally clueless out there and very, very strange and something to behold. Mayor Pete is showing his inner Napoleon by wanting to dole out billions and billions of dollars worth of robot tickets to taxpayers. And this really could be devastating for his career and it's even being called racist. I explain why and why you're about to get dinged for a bunch more tickets if uh, Pete gets his way. Plus, I get a chance to weigh in on the latest in the Joe Rogan Spotify cancellation saga where the super popular podcast host issued a semi-apology and actually vowed to change his show to make it more balanced. Why didn't Joe just tell everyone to F off? I hope the corporations haven't gotten to him, and I hope he's making some sort of a grand calculation that ultimately will turn into more free speech, not less, but it is hard to know for sure at this point. Our guest today is Gordon Chang, who's a China expert and someone who gets the severity of the issue with the Chinese Communist Party. He explains why the Beijing Olympics boycott is so necessary. And we also discuss what Americans can do to take on the CCP in their personal lives uh, right now and not just waiting for our elected leaders or the various uh, industry establishments to lead the way on this. Plus, we do have our caller of the day. But before we get into all that, let, I want to tell you about American Hartford Gold, which is a terrific sponsor. And I just, given the, the state of the economy right now, I just don't know why you wouldn't diversify into precious metals. And if you do that, why wouldn't you want to use American Hartford Gold? I'm not the only one who's noticed that everything is getting expensive and we're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008 with the government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years and inflation is here to stay. If the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its refall and lose its coveted role as the world's reserve currency. So, how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA, and they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, and they have thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660. Or text Alex to 65532. Again, that's 866-670-7660 or text ALEX to 65532. 
we'll start today with the Canadian trucker protest, which was so cool uh, over the weekend. You guys were calling in. You guys were on the money. All of my uh, Canadian truckers up there in the great right north are calling me. They're saying it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And it sure was. And I was very happy to see it. The really putting their foot down when it comes to the mandates, uh, but a massive convoy that I think beyond the convoy itself, just the the uh, attention that it raised about mandates and about how some people are just simply not going to take it anymore. Uh, when Canada is facing, I think, even more draconian measures in the United States, some of the worst in the world, and um, a vaccine registry was being discussed. Uh, and so this has prompted a lot of the truckers up there to say, okay, we're going to, we're, we're going to lead the way. And it's one of these things where I think a lot of people in America were thinking that uh, this was sort of embarrassing that it was, uh, we didn't think of this, but I don't think it's that embarrassing. The Canadians get it. They get it. And they've got, um, uh, almost no one in politics seems to be representing them unless you are a, a hard leftist like Justin Trudeau, who is become more fascinating to me, I think over time because he was really, really loved by the left when he came in to office many years ago. And he's become less popular, uh, it seems like, by the year. And there's no real major threat to him. And there hasn't seemed to have been one for a while. And this is something, a uh, th threat to him politically for Soros-funded freaks monitoring the show. You always have to clarify that stuff these days. You never know. You never know how many nuts are out there. Um, but it is so he still manages to stay alive because there's no figuratively speaking, stay alive, figuratively speaking, his political career, not himself. We hope he lives a long, prosperous life. Um, but it is interesting that there does not seem to be a lot of political threats to him because of the nature of Canada, where there's just a, a left wing place and they don't have really conservative media. They've got some good people up there like Ezra Levant uh, and, and others, but for the most part, very limited conservative media and a very limited conservative uh, political power there. So he kind of gets away with a lot of stuff, uh, but it, it, he has crossed the line and he's crossed the people. Um, so how did he respond to the convoy? Well, uh, he called the truckers racist. Uh, this is a, I think it was James Lindsay, friend of the show, who is the great reporter on CRT, the who, former uh, math professor, liberal atheist, uh, but a guy who is increasingly seeing the light. And he was pointing out that this is basically exactly what failed cult leaders say. They always blame the people. Uh, they don't ever blame themselves. And so he calls the truckers racist. So that was really what was motivating the anti uh, the anti-lockdown uh, trucker convoy and speeches was what they really don't like. Um, you know, I guess uh, brown people or something. I, 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 do you even want to try to figure out what he could possibly mean by that? Seems kind of silly. But I, the suggestion is that it was the far right dangerous neo-Nazis were the ones who were actually the ones who were leading the way. So it was really the neo-Nazis. It is probably because there were some Nazi flags that people saw that were the chances they were astroturf, I think, seemed to be pretty high. You might want to say, considering it was a you know trucker convoy. I don't really know if that's a, a career that tracks a lot of neo-Nazis. It has been my experience speaking to truckers on air for a very long time. Um, but that was what, what Trudeau tried to pull off. And I think it backfired. I think a lot of people thought that when the whole world's having these protests, they're all over Europe. There's some here in the United States, though not enough. Um, Australia, I mean, there's other places. And then this is his uh, takeaway. So, yeah, it must be the racist. Um, it's pretty amazing because he has coronavirus now, even though he's got 
three shots, which as we know who listen to this show, that if you've got the shots, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to stop the virus. In fact, that was we've been misled consistently that the shots stop the virus. Shots do not stop the virus. They lessen severe COVID. Uh, the fact that I have to say this over and over again shows you what a failure Fauci and Biden, et cetera, are. And I think to uh, I think on purpose. I think they're very comfortable with people not understanding how the vaccines work. Uh, but Trudeau says getting vaccinated defines what being a Canadian is. Could you imagine that if anyone said that about being an American? What uh, defines being an American is getting a shot that, you know, might reduce severe symptoms for something and not stop the spread of something that you've been sold to by a bunch of liars who are totalitarians to keep taking more of your power. Very far-fetched for us in the United States, but hey, maybe uh, you guys in Canada, maybe, maybe it makes sense. Maybe that really is what it means to be Canadian. I guess if someone put me on the spot, what does it mean to be Canadian? I wouldn't have a good answer. So uh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just getting uh, vaccinated. Not a great look there for uh, Mr. Trudeau, but then what happens? What is the fallout? What, what happens to him? Probably very little in Canada, I'm sad to say, but it does seem like the it has motivated a lot of people to maybe get off their butts and start thinking that it's time to start cracking down on stuff. There's a huge story going on in California, which is a socialist state inside of the United States, and it is a place that is run by a far left Democrat governor and a Democrat supermajority in the state legislature, and they had a single-payer health care bill come up for a vote yesterday. There is zero reason why California should not have single-payer health care. None. Um, they all like it. Everyone on all Democrats seem to support it. The hard-left Democrats that run the state support it. Um, and it is an incredibly popular issue amongst the Democrat socialist left, which is running the Democrat Party in the United States. They have a budget surplus, so there's no real excuse for them not to have it. Yet, they brought up for a vote yesterday and it failed. And I'm wondering if anyone is going to notice what a big deal this is because this shows you that the single-payer health care talking point that when I grew up in California was fed to me my entire life is one of the reasons why Republicans are bad is that they don't want everyone to get health care. Literally, this is how the argument for socialism or really for Democrat politics almost boils down to this specific issue is that Republicans don't want everyone to have health care. And here you have a state with supermajority Democrat, Democrat governor in a budget surplus. Literally, they have money in the bank right now and they won't do it. Why won't they do it? Because they actually know it's such a bad idea. There's still no way to pay for it. And people will talk about it. I did peruse some local news to see if it would come up and it did. But nationally, this should be a mega story. Why is it that this far-left socialist experiment that's taking place in the United States, why don't even they want single-payer health care? Especially considering right now, I think the expenditures in California on health care are already about 75% by the government anyway. But, you know, you still got an open border, and you still have a system where there's a lot of illegal aliens in the system, and they're all getting free health care at the moment. So what is it? that is preventing the Democrats from doing this. It is simply they don't believe it is worth the money. So shouldn't every socialist, every Bernie bro and gal, Bernie gal, is that it? Probably not. People who are committed socialists, uh, why aren't they up in arms about this? Where's Bernie Sanders? Where's all the uh, far left who the AOC crowd? Like, where are all the spokespeople? Where, why aren't they 
coming to the aid of Californians without health care. There is no reason not to pass it other than the Democrats secretly know it's not going to work. And it reminds you that single-payer health care has all just been a talking point. They really don't want it because there's no reason not to have it. Zero, 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 zero. It makes you think if you're a Democrat out there and you're a Democrat, as so many people are because of this specific issue, that you're getting rolled. And I got to say, Republicans should be making a bigger deal about this, as always. So, so often the theme with what we talk about in the show. Conservatives should be making much more hay out of this. Because if you were a socialist Democrat, you should see this as totally inexcusable. They have no reason not to do it. Though if you are paying close attention, you would know that the leaders out in California are the biggest hypocrites that we've got going. Uh, Newsom and Garcetti went uh, caught going maskless at an NFL game. Um, the LA Rams are in the Super Bowl, so there's a lot of maskless photos of celebrities at the LA Rams game. I say I have a lot of fam family out in LA, and I don't think they know the Rams are in the Super Bowl. So it's just kind of a funny thing. LA was never never really been a football town as long as I've been there, especially since um, the NCAA overreacted um, to the Reggie Bush um, scandal that took place at USC about I don't know fifteen or so years ago, where I think USC was buying Reggie Bush's mom. Uh, Reggie Bush was a great running back, one of the best running backs ever. And they were buying Reggie Bush's mom like a two-bedroom apartment, which they're not supposed to do. But Reggie Bush was making the university millions upon millions of dollars every year because he's the most exciting football player in a generation. And, you know, they're renting his mom an apartment, so they just completely dismantled their whole program, you know, vacated all their wins, national championships, Heisman Trophy. So it was a, and the program's never recovered. But other than that uh, brief moment, doesn't, L.A. has never really been that much of a football town. So, um, anyway, they got a team in the uh, Super Bowl, and uh, the celebrity class just loving it, taking their masks off. Uh, Three-year-olds still have to wear masks in preschool out in California. So, uh, what is going on out, out there? Is everyone just idiotic? Are all the Democrat voters who were told they should get universal health care and are not getting it? And their three-year-olds have to mask at preschool, but their elected leaders don't have to mask. Uh, when the rules are, you have to wear a mask at these stadiums. And is no one bothered by this stuff? I guess not. I mean, Newsom ran, won the runoff in a in a, uh, a runaway. Wasn't even close. Our friend Larry Elder got the most votes for who would replace Newsom, but the runoff, I'm sorry, the, the uh, recall. The recall, uh, Newsom won uh, the exceedingly high numbers. People love Newsom. They love not getting their universal health care that they were promised and should be able to get based on all the circumstances in the state and watching him not wear a mask where all their children wear a mask. What is the mentality of that individual who likes that? I don't get it. Um, I, I do want to bring up one which was really enjoyable that I saw that a Spirit Airlines forced a passenger to remove a Let's Go Brandon mask. I agree. Let's go, Brandon. And this was captured on video. We have it on the front page of Breitbart. I mean, it's a riot. That's so fun. If you have to wear an anti-science mask, why not make it a Let's Go, Brandon mask and then put them on the spot? What are you going to do? Are you going to be offended by my Let's Go Brandon mask? Or are you going to be offended by my bare face? What's worse, a Let's Go Brandon mask or a bare face if you're on a plane? All right, so the there hasn't been a big advance in the Joe Rogan story that we talked about last week on the show, um, I don't think since yesterday. But I didn't get a chance to comment on it yesterday, obviously, since I wasn't here. But Joe Rogan is the latest target of cancel culture. Um, he has a nine-figure, that's correct, nine-figure podcasting deal with Spotify. 
um, which is a music streaming giant, and a lot of artists are lining up saying that uh, if you leave him on the platform because he's a lot of coronavirus misinformation that goes on on the show, which is factually true, he does, but it's a comedy show, and there's misinformation everywhere. I mean, CNN is coronavirus misinformation every hour of every day. Um, so they're saying because of that, he has to be removed from Spotify or their music will be removed. So what Spotify decided to do to try to keep the wolves at bay, which I do not think will work, is they're going to put content advisories in front of his show. So they're literally going to put messages in front of his show that this is a fake news show. We're working to add content advisory to any podcast episode that includes a discussion about COVID-19. The advisory will direct listeners to a dedicated COVID-19 hub, according to Spotify co-founder Daniel Eck. His real name, Eck. Something we've written about quite a, quite a, a lot at Breitbart, and he's a far-left guy. And so I, I don't know. Is that going to make people feel better, do you think? I don't know if Rogan's done a show since, and if he has, it's probably not been one on coronavirus. Uh, but if he does, I mean, is that going to be satisfying to the people who are the uh, COVID fascists? That anything that crosses the CDC and Dr. Fauci and the WHO, even when they disagree, you, if you cross them, then you're all of a sudden uh, some sort of liter literally Hitler. You think they're going to be satisfied with that? I don't think they are. I don't think it's going to stop. But yet, yesterday didn't advance, which is encouraging, I guess. But Joe Rogan says he's happy about it, and I do want people's reaction to this. He spoke at length on his Instagram. Here's a clip of it. Cut 10, please. One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts, which I think is very important. I'm sure, have that on there. I'm very happy with that. Um, also, I think uh, if there's anything that I've done that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. Uh, I would most certainly be open to doing that. It is sort of a half measure. Maybe it will work, but maybe it won't. First of all, I don't know why he's excited to have a disclaimer in front of his show suggesting something super obvious that you shouldn't be taking, you know, medical advice from a comedy interview show and you should get it from your own doctor. Like, I, I, don't, I mean, what this should not be necessary. Why is that necessary in our society? Why do are we forced to state obvious stuff all the time? It's the which moron doesn't know that. So why is he so excited about it? I don't get it. So the other thing is, is that what he can do better, why is he talking about what he can do better? Why isn't he telling people to, for lack of a better expression, F off? The only appropriate rea reaction of the cancel mob is to F off. All of you can F off. That should be the reaction. There's nothing else. And that's what I think people really found appealing about Rogan is that he kind of has that attitude. He doesn't always necessarily say that, but I think that's the attitude people want right now, right? Neil Young, I like your music. But with all due respect, F off. That should be the approach. You're a great artist, but uh, please leave me alone. I'm going to talk to my friends on my podcast and people can listen or not. So that should be the reaction, yet it is not. And I don't know if the left is going to see blood in the water on this. But then he starts talking about what he can do better. And that's having more balanced opinion. I mean, maybe so, but why is he giving the left that? Because is that going to make his show more entertaining? Like, for example, how about my show, which has a, a perspective. We admit, admit our perspective. 
It is a new show, but it also has a populist, anti-establishment conservative bent to it. If I started having on um, the same people who you see on CNN, MSNBC, would that enhance my show? It would not enhance my show. It'd make my show much worse and much more similar to all the other shows that aren't as good as this show. Now, he's got the biggest show in the world. So why is he suggesting, well, maybe I should make my show more like whatever they're doing on CNN? So if this is a tactic by him, and it is, I don't know how sincere he's being. I'm probably a little bit, but I'm sure some of it's a tactic. I think I see what he's doing. I just don't know if it will be enough to keep the cancel mob at bay. And I think that he's probably trying to get some of the heat off, which could be smart. But if he really means it, he's going to start, you know, having a a bunch of maybe maybe he can have um, a bunch of people with a, a the same opinion you've heard a million times. I don't know. Maybe it'll make make the show better. I mean, I would like to see him debate um, uh, uh, the friendly fa- fascist Francis Collins. I would tune in for that. Absolutely. Joe Rogan wants to get the friendly fascist on so we can balance out the opinion of Dr. Robert Malone. Um, the friendly fascist has lied more times in in, in the last five minutes he spoke to anyone in his life than a Robert Malone lies. Okay, I'm not a, I'm not a Robert Malone super fan, as many people on the right are. But although he's better than friendly fascist, so maybe it would help. Maybe, but is the friendly fascist going to come on? And then what happens when he doesn't come on? A couple other items: Mayor Pete but edge, 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 edge. Why stop at two edges? You can keep going. But he is putting out a safety camera initiative where he wants those speed cameras all over the country. Uh, we've covered these over and over and over and over. Breitbart News. The safety cameras on roads in D.C., where I lived, uh, were incredibly um, uh, inconvenient in my life and have been. I've learned to adjust um, to them. But when I lived in um, D.C. in particular, and since moving sort of just outside of D.C., uh, it, it is a huge part of your life, these, these cameras. I've complained on the show many times about getting tickets for going 37 miles an hour when it's completely safe in cars that are safe at 100 miles an hour. Um, And it affects your life more than just you get pop for 100 or 200 bucks a pop. But my car insurance is more expensive because of this. I'm an incredibly safe driver. It doesn't matter. Car insurance is more expensive. I got life insurance. That's more expensive because of these cameras. Because my record is like I'm some sort of a lunatic because I have these tickets for going 37 miles an hour in a car that can stop on a dime. Why, why is that? It's because DC is trying to extract money. And so Pete Buttigieg wants this to happen throughout the United States. So robot tickets throughout the land where little Napoleon Pete, who's a mediocre mayor of a small town and has now been put in as the transportation secretary done a horrible job and took like eight months off for paternity leave. He now wants a plan so that he can extract more of your taxpayer dollars with robots giving you tickets. I hate this idea so much and I really dislike Pete. I mean, there's just so many politicians out there where I don't like their ideas, but I, I, they don't bother me personally. Pete is a very bothersome person as an individual that this is what he's on of all the issues facing our country in the middle of these supply chain issues, poor issues still going on. And he's thinking, how can we build the taxpayers for more money? I was looking at my taxes this week, but it's just been a big, it's been a big tax time because you have small business and Q4 taxes and then FICA's back. So you're paying at the beginning of the year, social security, Medicare, and 
just look at my tax rate and, and I'm looking at, I'm really closing in on 50%. I really am. And I'm not a wealthy person by any means. Uh, this is what I talk about when I'm talking about what, what socialism is, is that when, when have we crossed into socialism as a society? This is a bigger show. I want to get into this a little bit more, need more time. But it's the, uh, I'm, I'm a middle-class individual with not stores of wealth lined up. And the government wants 50% of my money, ballpark. Between property tax, sales tax, state tax, Medicare, Social Security, federal income tax, they just keep getting you over and over again. Over and over. Now Pete wants to get 100, 200 bucks a pop with these cameras because he thinks it'll help for safety or something. Who knows? I think it will be, he'll be a good little boy for uh, extracting more wealth from taxpayers and creating more power for the government. But what's very interesting is a lot of people are skeptical these things work because they have been so flawed. But also, uh, people are describing it as racist. Isn't Pete supposed to be um, uh, fixing our racism on the highways? But the, uh, apparently, these, this is a much more onerous thing for in certain communities millions of citations found households in majority black and Hispanic zip codes received tickets at twice the rate as white areas. So now Pete wants his racist cameras. I'm just hoping that crowd on the left, those people who are also noble, the ones who are falling asleep out there in California when they're not getting socialized medicine, I'm, I hope they're going to be up there standing up. Big Joey, Joey the Biden has told border state governors a solution to the border crisis, fixing foreign countries. That's it. Not building a wall, not deportations, not ending catch and release, not making sure we have enough judges to process people, i.e. deport them immediately. It is not taxing remittances so that people self-deport. Self, uh, we got to fix other countries. That's the trick. John Nolte caught a poll for us yesterday at Breitbart News where 50% now want Big Joey impeached. So just a reminder when we head in towards the election year that uh, Republicans take back the Congress, it is incumbent upon them to try to come up with any way to impeach Joe Biden. After what they did to Trump, the idiotic impeachment the first time, the, I, I guess the rationale for the second impeachment was there. There was a rationale for it, but was a total waste of time, taxpayer resources, and just served to divide the country. Pointless, both utterly pointless. Big Joey has got to be impeached for something. We gotta come up with it, whatever it is. There's a million reasons to do it. So, and half of the country already wants it. So just keep that in mind for you Republican leaders out there. The expectations will be quite high that you guys start fighting back the same way some of those citizens are up in Canada. You need to fight back against the man. Did you know that there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than 2 million members and counting? It's AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most important conservative organizations in the country. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. So stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining now at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. That's amac.us forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. So join today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart.
Hey, today's guest is Gordon G. Chang, who is an author of many books on China, or at least a couple of books on China, and has been a guest on the Breitbart News Daily radio show uh, consistently for the past few years, and is just a guy who's a fearless crusader against the CCP, and he speaks so clearly and with data and information, uh, and is a pleasure to always speak to, even though we speak to him on very unpleasant topics so often. That really is the case with, with a lot of our guests. But anyway, he's terrific. Let's roll it. Gordon, great to have you on the broadcast again. Oh, well, thank you so much, Alex. Um, I want to start with just a general premise. We're a couple days away from the beginning of the Beijing Olympic Games. Uh, What is your reaction to that statement? They should not be occurring in China. Um, China's committing genocide, actually two genocides, Alex. Uh, We know about the Uyghurs, the Kazakhs, and others, and that is uh, mass detentions, killings, torture, rape, enslavement, organ harvesting, imprisonment of children. Um, But the other uh, genocide that we don't talk about as a genocide, but it certainly is, is the killing of people outside of China with coronavirus. We don't know 100% where SARS-CoV-2 came from, though it looks like it came from a biological weapons program. But 100% we know that Chinese leaders took decisions to spread this beyond China's borders. That means we're talking 5.7 million people outside of China who have been killed. This is a specific definable group, non-Chinese. Um, if you look at Article 2 of the Genocide Convention of 1948, to which the United States and China are parties, this is a genocide. And by the way, Alex, that is almost 887,000 Americans who have been killed. Wow, you couldn't have given me a better answer if you scripted it, and uh, because there's touching on the two key points I wanted to get to off the off the rip here. The the first one uh, is that the, of course these games should not be happening in China, and the second one is that even though we on the right have been so great at trying to get the word out about the genocide that's taking place in the organ harvesting and the sex selective abortions, the internment camps, all that stuff. Uh, we've we've actually kind of stopped focusing enough, Gordon, in my opinion, on the coronavirus. That literally they unleashed a pandemic on the world. It's killing millions of people. And even the people it is not killing, I'll tell you, I just came through having it and my whole family had it. And, you know, we all came down with it five days before my wife was due to deliver a baby. And it was it was torturous. And it, my circumstances were mild compared to people who lost family members. And, you know, we didn't even have a hospitalization. It was horrible. And the fact that we were all kind of just acting as though the coronavirus started, it was some sort of a spontaneous thing it is so irresponsible. Yes. Well, when you look at the evidence, first of all, SARS-CoV-2, the pathogen, looks like it has been engineered. There are, for instance, uh, unusual arrangements of amino acids that do not occur in nature. Um, There are also other features of it, including the furin cleavage. Also, there's just so much evidence that it did come from a biological weapons program. China's um, military researchers openly talk about their biological weapons research, which, by the way, is a violation of their the Biological Weapons Convention. But put that aside for the moment. Um, they brag about what they're doing. And, you know, so it's like 95% that this was right. not a zoonotic transfer. 
Um, but as I said, wait, 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 wait a minute, Gordon. You're not buying that a pangolin made love to a turtle and then it was at a wet market and then it was in someone's soup, like, and then the whole world died from the pandemic. Like, you're suggesting that's more far-fetched than it came from the lab that was right there? It's, it's far more far-fetched. First of all, nobody has been able to document the transmission links. Um, you know, it's possible. You know, it's happened before. But this is... It, when you look at what uh, the Chinese weapons programs have been doing, you look at what China's reaction at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, for instance, they sent their top biological weapons expert there in about December 2019 to clean up the place, Major General Chen Wei. And I don't think she was there just because this was a normal facility. This was a biological weapons facility, and that's why she was sent there in charge of the P4 unit, which is the biosafety unit. So, um, you know, you don't do that unless this was part of the People's Liberation Army. Yeah, uh, it is something that seems to be relatively clear from my vantage point. So what do you think is the holdup from people getting a grip on this? Why do you think people are so inclined Gordon, to ignore these facts and just, you know, we're just going to go do an Olympics and we're going to just keep cutting business deals and we're going to keep uh, acting as though it's business as usual. Because if we confronted the fact that China has killed 887,000 Americans, then um, we couldn't have a climate deal with China, which the Biden administration wants. We couldn't have trade with China or investment in China or academic exchanges in China. There's all element. There's so many elements of American society that have stakes in making sure the Communist Party maintains power, and they couldn't maintain their privileged position in our society if it turned out that indeed all of this is true, which it is. So that's why they can't admit it to themselves, which is the reason why we have to force them to admit it. Because, Alex, even though we're a far stronger society than China, especially at this moment, um, we can lose our country because we're not defending it. We have a political class that is determined not to defend it. And that's not just a criticism of the Democrats. This is a criticism of the Republicans. We have not had a president who has defended America to the extent necessary. Trump got us on the right path. But we are still far from where we absolutely need to be if we're going to have an America for our kids. Uh, that's exa exactly right. Uh, China claims that 119 Olympic athletes and staff tested positive for coronavirus over the last few days. Uh, what are we to do with this information? Well, it means that we're going to have 119 athletes who are not uh, participating. You know, put aside this whole issue of whether China should be hosting the Olympics. Um, the point is, it's, nobody should be hosting the Olympics in a country that is now being ripped apart by both Delta and Omicron variants, That's right. That's which is right. what's happening in China. And it's not just China, Alex. It's also Beijing. It's happening in Beijing. You have these outbreaks. Yes, so exactly, specifically. And so, again, is the, does, does CNN care or people in the establishment media discussing this at all? Or, is it, or does, does NBC News, who's about to go make uh, a bunch of money uh, with the exclusive rights to air the games, do they care about this? Or are they all just focused on, you know, Ukraine and Russia at this point? Um, well, apart from NBC, which is um, broadcasting the games, I do think you see other media talk about it. Um, That's good. But they don't, we, we don't have 
any media, even right-wing media to a certain extent, um, you know, not talking about these issues to the extent that we're talking about them, you and me, right now. And we need to have those conversations um, because this is an issue where we have lost 887,000 Americans. I mean, this is incomprehensible that we could have relations with a country that has deliberately killed so many. One is a crime. 887,000 is more than a massacre. Yeah, exactly. And it is one where I think that, um, and I've been saying this particularly to people who are the type of people who show up on this show on a regular basis. I think that if you're not, if you're not on board with holding China accountable, uh, at least at a minimum, um, not uh, having Olympics in Beijing, then it's a, it, I think it's going to look very bad historically. I think as we look back on this and we get a grip on where things are uh, in, in time, um, the Uyghurs are urging Americans to make the genocide games the least watched in Olympic history. I, I think there's a chance at a minimum this could be accomplished. Yes. I mean, I'm not watching the Olympics. I love watching Olympics, but I'm not going to be turning on NBC during February 4 to 20. It just I can't do that. It's, it's absolutely wrong. And, and you know, Americans, um, you know, when we think about this, we have to understand that we're going to have to make sacrifices, all of us, because we've got a society which is integrated with China. We've got to cut those links, um, and because China is exploiting every point of contact with our society to overthrow it, not just to compete with us, Alex, but to overthrow our society. During 2020, China actually fomented violence on American streets, and we had a political class that did not take action. This is absolutely wrong because the first responsibility of any president is to defend the United States from a foreign enemy. And we know that China both surreptitiously and openly and openly was encouraging violence on American streets. Well, one thing that is striking to me, even as someone who is increasingly cynical about the celebrity class and the media class, that a lot of these athletes who are very quick to weigh in on on how horrible Donald Trump is. The same thing with Hollywood stars and celebrities uh, about America. They want to talk about America's uh, racism. Uh, they're silent on all this stuff and not just the pandemic, but they're silent on the genocide. They're silent on the oppression. There is a lot of anti-black racism in China. I, I can't think of one person. I mean, and if there is, there's fewer than you could count on one hand. Um, who are out there, who are openly pointing this stuff out as we go and head to China to legitimize the Communist Party. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You know, we had that part owner of the Golden State Warriors, Chamath Palahipatia. I mean, he actually, you know, he actually said a number of awful things that didn't get publicized, and one of them was that the human rights situation in the U.S. was no better than China's. That's an incomprehensible statement. Um, and then, of course, you have Nike and Apple, who love to lecture the American people about social issue and diversity and racial equality, and yet they're deliberately taking advantage of slave labor in China. And it's not just any slave labor, Alex. We're talking about racial minorities who are used as slaves who produce Apple products um, through uh, their subcontractors. But, of course, they know what's going on. And the same with Nike. Um, so the American people need to have a conversation, especially with a guy named, I think it's LeBron James. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. He'd be the first guy I talked to. I think he yeah. endorses a product which has been taking advantage of slave labor. And he has the gall to tell me about anything. This is absolutely wrong. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very over the uh, the whole LeBron James as someone you're supposed to take your uh, get your values from uh, personally. But I I got a feeling that um the uh, um, I I unfortunately am there are many people who disagree with me on this front. Uh, Gordon, let me ask you about one one other one again. Gordon Chang is with me at Gordon G Chang on Twitter. Uh, I want to ask you about this pretty shocking fact that China is seems to be the only major country that has benefited from the pandemic. Arguably, their economy is still growing. And Xi Jinping has been celebrating China is is in a global leading position economically after two years of pandemic. I think this is absolutely true. And it's also a race against the clock for us in the United States in a lot of ways, because uh, whereas in the United States, I think we have emphasized, even though we have huge economic power and clout, I do think we've really emphasized military and cultural clout as how we are we were going to dominate the world. Uh, we are not hegemonic. Uh, we're not imperialist by nature, um, and we're not trying to give people a raw deal. Uh, China has used a completely different approach, and I think it's still far fetched to us. Which is, though, I'm sure they would love to influence all of our culture and have strong military, but they've really focused on economics, and I do think they've gotten the whole world addicted. Um, to their their products, the deals they cut. And I think this is how they're going to control us all. And not only are we asleep, asleep at the switch, Gordon, so many of our industries in the United States and so many countries around the world are completely happy to watch it happen. Yes. Well, you know, this goes back to um, the Clinton administration um, where, you know, you had this whole notion that China's rise was inevitable. They'd overtake us. So we have to develop cooperative relations with them. And, and this is not just a Democratic Party disease. I mean, we had Nixon and Kissinger say the same things about the Soviet Union. It took a Ronald Reagan to say, no, I'm not surrendering to the Soviets um, and we can beat them. We win, they lose. Now, we've got the same disease now, but with a different country, and we have helped the Communist Party strengthen itself. We've had at least three American presidents rescue Chinese communism. That would be Nixon in 1972, George H.W. Bush um, in a despicable support of uh, Deng Xiaoping in 1989, and Clinton himself in the 1999 trade deal with China. Um, we do not need a fourth rescue, and Biden is perfectly capable of taking those actions that would save Chinese communism, which, you know, George Soros a couple hours ago actually said, look, those guys are going down the tubes. Soros is right, but the point is, you're right at this moment. They're not down the tubes yet, and we got to make sure we put them there. Uh, what's your take on Soros in China? It seems like I mean, it's almost nothing is is said nice about Soros on the show, uh, but it does seem like he's gets the picture on China. I mean, Soros is always self-serving 100 percent of the time. Uh, so what what is his angle here? Well, first of all, um, I don't know if he's short selling, um, which could be, you know, his his comments are meant to support. Um, a, a tactic like that. But Soros, forget about his politics for the moment. Um, yeah. Soros is really very good at one thing, and that is smelling when a, a currency is weak uh, and can be targeted. I mean, he did that with the pound, uh, famously. That's where yes. he made his money. Um, it, it's harder to target the renminbi, the Chinese currency, because it's not convertible um, on the capital count. But the point is that Soros does see the fundamental weakness in the Chinese economy. Um, so it can grow. Um, it can grow fast, as you point out. 
but it is extremely fragile. And if we had a Ronald Reagan in the Oval Office, um, our president would be taking steps to defend us, put the Chinese economy into the hole. Um, and remember, China has declared us to be uh, an enemy. So we need to understand the nature of the relationship from Beijing's point of view. We need an American president with the same outlook who is willing to defend us. This guy, Biden, whatever you think about him, he is just not protecting us from a Chinese enemy. Yeah, well, and then some of the revelations we've been talking about in the last week or two on the show and at Breitbart and Peter Schweitzer's book. Um, is that it's, uh, it just seems like his family has cut so many deals. And I just don't see how that wouldn't be influential, at least to some degree. It's the his whole family uh, is dependent on deals with China to make money. It's just a he, he's, he's a human being. And that's just everyone. The deals that have been cut on his behalf have been with China. Yes. And th- there's another thing about it. And that is, you know, money leaves a trail. So I'm sure that this U.S. attorney who's inventing, investigating Hunter Biden is going to come up with some stuff. But the point is. Hunter Biden was on Chinese soil. He probably did things which were extremely compromising, which means China's Ministry of State Security has video and other recordings, and they are going to use that as blackmail. And that, Alex, we may not know about, because that could be a private conversation um, between Biden and Xi Jinping or somebody else, which means we are at risk because we'll, we, we may never find out about that. We'll find out about the money. Peter Schweitzer, others will track it down, but we may not know about the blackmail because every father protects his son. Exactly right. Exactly right. And it's not just his son is what we've been learning. I mean, it seems like interesting. My my opinion of Hunter Biden has kind of evolved um, over uh, following his career over the last few years is in that he seems like even though he is a crackhead, I'm not being uh, pejorative, there he is, and he you know has had a lot of personal troubles, he seems the only person who's actually been able to leverage the Biden name successfully uh, on a major level. It seems like the rest of the family is actually the incompetent ones, and he's looking out for all of them, and he's getting all of them rich, and he's the one who's getting the deals done. And so it is a, it's not just Hunter. It's, it's the brothers. It's the brother. It's the, the, the in-laws. It seems like Hunter is the guy who's getting it all done for that family. And uh, it, w- what are we doing here in the United States? We're, we're doing nothing to connect the big guy with uh, all these deals other than Peter's work, which is a huge shame to me, Gordon. And it just, it reeks to me. It reeks. It seems like there's something's off that there's such a lack of curiosity about this stuff. You know, Hunter Biden um, is not, very savvy when it comes to money. He's not doing this by himself. Um, He's getting help um, from other family members and from people he's hired because the deals that he does don't happen in the absence of corruption. And Hunter Biden, as you say, is a crackhead, very troubled individual. I'm not sure that he is capable of doing the things that have been ascribed to him. There's got to be another Biden family member um, there who has been shepherding this through. Um, I really worry about all of this, but we will find out about it. The question is, will we find out before it's too late? Yeah, no, I think the answer to that is clearly, clearly a no. Uh, Gordon G. Chang is with me. He's at Gordon G. Tra- Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, GordonChang.com, Coming Claps of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War or his books. Uh, Gordon, last one, I want to be proactive here and productive. Uh, what, what can be done here? Because this is where when I get in these conversations at dinner tables, et cetera, uh, with family and friends, it, it's, 
the topic of China comes up. Uh, we walk through the stuff in detail, maybe not quite as much detail as I can get in with you. Uh, but then everyone asks, well, then what do we do? What are we supposed to do about it? What are the steps that we can take proactively to be a part of the solution? First of all, we've got elections coming up. Make sure the candidates are unalterably opposed to China. Um, don't buy Chinese goods. Tell your broker to sell Chinese stocks. Pressure Congress right now to enact cool legislation. That's country of origin labeling so that we can find out where our love that. comes from. Um, Absolutely. Senator Rick Scott's got a cool legislation bill. Let's make sure it becomes part of the China legislation. Uh, do you have any thoughts on any of the um, China legislation that's out there right now? Because there's a few, there is a few bills that are there. Uh, the, and and uh, do we... Uh, do we need a piece of legislation like the Stock Act or something like that, but maybe even more intense that could combat and make illegal all of this Chinese intelligence and military influence in the U.S. that we've kind of connected through Peter's book, which is that if you're investing in tech in China, you're really helping their military and AI. Do we need a law to stop something like that? Yes, we do. And in the interim, President Biden in the next hour could use his powers under the International Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1977 to stop investment into China's equity markets. He can then use the Trading with the Enemy Act of 1917, which is what President Chang would do, um, yeah. declare China to be an enemy and just cut economic relations. We can pressure Biden. Um, we pressured Biden, um, the American people, um, on May 24th of last year about uh, the origins of the coronavirus. But we need to continue pressure because Biden is going back to his old way of trying to cooperate with China. So um, this is something that we just got to be absolutely vigilant about every day. Uh, Gordon, I lied. I do have one more because this is just such an important topic. Um, the China is focusing on made in China. They've got a made in China 2025 plan where they're trying to make more of their own stuff. And in America, I think we all like this idea, but it just seems so far-fetched for us to do this now because of the way the sort of globalist uniparty has pushed us in that direction over the past couple of decades, and the Republicans are at least as responsible as the Democrats on that. So I'll, let me be clear in that regard. Uh, but how do we need a plan like that? Do we have any strategy? Because it seems like we had thought we would forever be able to influence Chinese culture, but now Chinese movies are beating American movies at the Chinese box office. Uh, it's kind of scary. It is scary. First of all, um, the, some very simple things we can do. We can change our free trade agreement with Central America to encourage our factories to move across the Pacific. This is something that is very easy for us to do. You know, with regard to industrial policy, like putting money into Intel and other things, I sort of believe we have to do it. I don't like industrial policy, but at this particular moment, we've got ourselves into an emergency. Um, this is a very important conversation. There are no clear answers on industrial policy, but we do need to put a lot more money into research and development, and um, that's something that we can do, and that's not industrial policy. Remember, we got to the moon because a guy named John Kennedy said, we're going to the moon at Rice University, and by the way, we got there. So we can yeah. do this. We can do it. it. It is a and Joe Biden said he's going to cure cancer. So maybe we'll get that too, Gordon. We can't cure the cancer in the Oval Office. I mean, that's just <laughs> uh, we just got to cut it out, basically. We, we, we laugh so we don't cry sometimes on the show, Gordon. That's, one that's of the right. That we, we, we abide by Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Gordon, thanks so much as always. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Alex.
Do you have a New Year's resolution to reach your fitness goals? It can really help to have world-class instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown choreographing classes and music with your favorite artists. And you get a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can give you that extra push. Echelon Fitness gives you that. Echelon Fitness is the affordable way to get the workout equipment and workout community and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. With Echelon Fitness, you can work out anytime, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. Just pick your class, climb the leaderboard, cheer each other on, and give it your all. Echelon Fitness's world-class fitness instructors are supportive, engaging, and fun. They really know how to get you moving. And right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners get up to $840 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text DAILY to 818181. Really easy. Just text DAILY to 818181 to get up to $840 off MSRP. Text DAILY to 818181. Message and data rates may apply. Terms available at echelonfit.com slash SMS. Membership sold separately. A lot of great callers on today's show, uh, but we selected Jonathan from Virginia as our caller of the day who discussed Joe Rogan's role as a inquisitive interviewer, but I pushed back at him a little bit in a couple of points about getting things 100% correct and why that is inevitably not going to happen and how um, media companies and how the public in general should be dealing with these things, which is not taking everything so damn literally. Uh, we get into the discussion right now. I wanted to to chime in on this on this Rogan issue, um, and and maybe take umbrage just with with one character that you and I line up ninety nine point five percent on just about everything. Um, but I, I found I found Rogan to be one of the most inquisitive and curious interviewers I've ever listened to, and and I listened in great great detail multiple times to his podcast, both with Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone, and to characterize any of what those two experts in their field say as misinformation, I think is, well, I think it's given way too much to, to the left, honestly. So um, I, what I'm, when I, I'm pushing would, back on Jonathan, when I'm pushing back on, and I understand your, your slight disagreement with me though. It's kind of minor. Uh, my point is if you're going to do a show where there's only really two players and they're speaking off the cuff for three hours and they're speaking about complex science, the chances of them getting it a hundred percent correct is almost zero. And this is what the left is playing with and the totalitarians. They're playing with how do we take that fact and use it to silence voices with whom we disagree. There's not a minute that goes by on CNN without misinformation in it, but they're not focused on that. They're focused on shows like mine, now particularly shows like Rogan because it's the biggest show, uh, you know, networks like Fox. That's what, that's what they're doing. And I'm not saying that everything that's ever been said on this show is perfect. I do my level best to make sure everything is above board. Um, but a lot of my favorite shows on the right, I, I know there's a lot of uh, not everything is true on those shows. So the the fact that you need a disclaimer that, you know, um, just because we're talking about ivermectin, don't don't prescribe it yourself. Go to your doctor like that's, that's not necessary. I mean, that is treating yeah. Americans like we're all morons. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I, the, and the thing the thing that well, it doesn't kill me. It's awesome. And I, like your last call, I think it was Tom from Texas that. 
you know, we are direct. We're directly over the target. When you're getting, when you're, tr- when the woke cancel mob is going after somebody, in particular, I mean, I, Rogan is is now he's he's the most prolific interviewer in human history. I mean, it's incredible the number of views that he gets and and the breadth of of people he gets on that show. I mean, it's it's just awesome to go from you know. No, it is. It's very impressive. I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for both of those things that he's done. Yeah. Anyway, I, I appreciate all the analysis as always, man, and uh, happy New Year. Be well. I got American parts. All right, that's all for today's show. Many thanks to producer Haley and producer Greg Evan for making the show possible, and a big thanks to Robert Marlowe who helped me pick topics, and thanks to all of you who tell 10,000 friends and family members about the new broadcast. Hit and subscribe, share in your favorite episodes, all that, plus uh, supporting anything we do at Breitbart News Daily and Breitbart.com in general, however you can help. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Apologize.